and welcome to this episode of Turkish TV Time. Today we're talking about The Club, Season 1, Episode 7, also known as Part 2, Episode 1. Don't get confused, but that's confusing. where we're at right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, this is the first episode of the second part, and we've experienced another time jump. Judging from Rochelle's condition, I'm guessing about eight months, but <laughs> and everything is different. So we have a lot to talk about. Also, this is the first, this is the last episode that I had seen previously. So from now on, I'll be right there with Sophia in terms of not knowing what's going to happen. So that's good. I'm glad to be there. Yeah, I'm kind of, I mean, this, this was finally the episode where my spoiler that I got like three episodes ago came through finally. <laughs> yeah. Netflix needs to really work on that because they also did that for um, Love is Blind because they showed oh, yeah. Deepti in her wedding dress was like the cover photo for the season, which was bullshit. Yeah, you're right. But then that relationship was a garbage fire. That's true. It was still entertaining. Shake, come on this. Shake, come on this podcast so we can just insult you. Oh god. <laughs> oh god. I'll Honestly, never summon the righteous fire that uh, Vanessa Lachey did. So it was incredible. incredible. I mean, Lachey's a really. This is their star making turn. Was that reunion. incredible turn? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't I, I have to confess I didn't finish watching the show because I was like this is too much for me oh um, you got that, that one's good the ultimatum is what I got bored of the reunion oh, I on. like the ultimatum but I also just googled it because I was kind of annoyed like who stayed together who didn't whatever yeah. I, I'm not gonna watch the entirety of the episodes but <laughs> honestly that show made me not like Nick and Vanessa because she was like yeah I gave him an ultimatum and and he finally recognized my value and I'm kind of adamantly against ultimatums especially when you're 25 years old like no need for an ultimatum can wait a few years like your ovaries are fine (laughs) (laughs) what a great segue segue to pregnant rashad who also has ovaries that she used (laughs) well she wanted to preserve her fertility so she got pregnant at the ripe age of 17 right making these people jealous (laughs) yes igniting the baby the baby fire in uh in april yes in april oh my god okay yes please sammy please actually start the show this is ridiculous (laughs) wait you haven't watched the show no start our show (laughs) as you said with netflix reality tv corner (laughs) yeah i love i love both shows as much as the next person but you know come on okay it's just a plea to netflix to get us a turkish reality tv show yeah which would be awesome for this show imagine the drama incredible It's really Although what I think, we're just practicing for and waiting for. Yeah. Although I think non-scripted shows are probably very bad with subtitles. Like the subtitles probably don't convey like... I mean, Love, is, Love is Blind Japan is some of the rawest shit I've ever seen. Really? Uh, that show will destroy you. It's like oh, deep no. in the fields. It's like deep in the Holy fields, man. Crap. Sammy, for the love of God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need this. I need to know this stuff. This is very important okay, for my so- plan. Sophia literally won't stop talking. Go on, Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Eski doesn't jump out of her computer and attack me. I'm now going to say that Sophia is going to take us through what happened in this episode of The Club. 
So we start with, there's a cuckoo clock again. So we're in, I mean, either uh, Matilda's house or yeah, Matilda when she's young. So it's her and her brother. And their dad is talking about when the allies arrived in Istanbul after the war. Or is, is that her? Who's the other guy? I couldn't figure it out. Um, the guy who walks in. Oh, he's like with the government. The inspector. Not, tax yeah. inspector. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he says, you know, when, when the allies arrived, um, you know, everyone was happy and, um, you know, joy in the streets, whatever. And he's like, the whole family is, is clearly, I mean, quite, I don't know, upset, nervous. I don't know what the word for it is. Um, but they're like, not, they're nervous. Um, and so he's like telling these stories about when the allies occupied France and this man being paralyzed by sorrow, whatever. I mean, he's just telling all these stories and about how some people are upset about the wealth tax because they think that it's not fair, which we know it's not. Um, so he, I, I guess he's setting a trap for the father and he's saying, you know, are you opposed to it? And he says that, I mean, it, it, it's quite onerous for them, which I mean, it was very onerous. And so he says that it puts them in a difficult position. And then basically he says that the government didn't have support from these minority groups in at that time, which is hard to believe because the Germans were, well, anyway. Um, so he opens behind the cuckoo clock and we know that's where the safe is. So he opens the safe and he, sa he says, you know, I'm going to take that money. I guess he's kind of implying like, you know, that you have a lot more, a lot of money and you can afford this tax. And um, I, yeah, I think it was that they didn't declare that money. Yeah. So they couldn't tax it properly. Yeah. They should have been taxed more mm -hmm. than they yeah. were. Um, and so he tells them that he's going to send them to a labor camp. Um, and I have to say the casting is really good because of both Matilda and her brother and her dad look really similar. So then the tax inspector leaves, but obviously the family is in great distress because they've just heard some horrible news that the father will be sent to a working camp because of the money he didn't declare, which obviously is horrible. Um, and unfortunately, something we talked about in the previous episode. And then we cut to a protest. Um, some people are protesting that Cyprus should be Turkish and should remain Turkish. Because we know that um, this is when the dispute, I don't want to say anything historically inaccurate, but the dispute over um, Cyprus began. And they're saying down with Eoka, which um, I think is it. What is it? Is it a political party? It's a, it's a, it was the right wing Greek, um, mm -hmm. yeah, political party. It's, you know, obviously the people protesting would call them a terrorist organization. So it depends on your mm -hmm. perspective, mm -hmm. obviously. But um, they were, these, they were the predecessors. So I think it was Aoka B in the 70s, like when the actual war happened 20 years later, it was like a generation after this Aoka. This initial Aoka was just pro, like, you know greek being the official language and and mm -hmm. you know the island being reflecting that the majority of the population was greek speaking and, and orthodox christian they demanded like that that be kind of the dominant mm -hmm. culture so it was not quite as 
it was extreme, but not quite as extreme as what was to come still. So, but it was enough to, you know, whip up nationalist fervor in Turkey <laughs> at the same time. Of course. So then Ali Shaker seems to be very into this thing. Uh, and he's talking to Bakhtiar about like either join the movement or go back to your hometown. And Pichi Ismet is with this American woman who has not been identified, but seems to be kind of his lover slash client. I don't even know. Oh Diane? yeah, they pay him. Diane? They pay him to yeah. yeah. They pay him to drive them around, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're behind the protest, and she's saying, you know, this is gonna um, get out of control. And Ismet saying, like, you probably are right. Um, and she's saying that she needs him, and she she's gonna be reass. I, I that this made me assume that she's a spy, but I don't know, or like some sort of. Yeah, I think she works for the State Department or something. Yeah, I feel like unless you were like the ambassador, you're probably a spy at these embassies. That's why <laughs> after all, the, my conclusion that I've drawn after like every historical drama I've watched is that everyone's a spy. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so basically she's telling him to come with her and he's like, oh, I'm not the best travel companion, whatever. <laughs> Stupid is meant, I hate him. And basically she's like telling him that they should be together and he should move in with her. And he's obviously unsure because he's not a monogamous type, of course. Oh my God. She's like repeating all of these like funny cliche lines, like, you know, like we're better off together and we're going to make each other better or whatever. I don't even know. And then we go to Matilda's house, which is now very nice. I don't know how she like how they moved into such a nice house. But Rachel is very pregnant. Um, and she's like setting up the little baby crib and putting the the little blanket. And last episode, we know that she was going to Israel. So this was a bit surprising to me because like what happened now? And now they live in a really nice two-floor house. And Selim, oh, I get, do they live with Selim? Is that why? Yeah, that's why yeah. it's Selim's money in oh. house. Yeah. Okay. They're his like kept women. Living. Kind of. <laughs> Good for it. Good for them. Awkward silence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I have feelings about it, but sure. Okay. <laughs> um, honestly, I feel better that they're not living in that horrible apartment that they were living in um, True. with horrible Chevy. Yeah lurking around so he's very excited he just came back from paris and he's very excited to see rachel and you know and and he's saying that he's going to take her to paris whatever and he has a a thousand bags of course because it's salim um and he's saying how amazing paris is and how many beautiful things he bought and there's matilda honestly i'm very confused about this we can talk about in the history section but I wonder if he's like trying to pretend that she's his wife in a certain way. I don't know. Like as outside. It's not super clear, but I think, yeah, it seems like it could be something like that. Yeah. What is that? It's not necessarily like a lavender beard. marriage, but yeah, it's a beard. Yeah. <laughs> and so he brought a ton of, you know, toys, for, I mean, presents for everyone, presents for the baby. He's like more flamboyant than before. Or like more, mm-hmm. I don't even know how to say it. Or something. Yeah, yeah, more, more suave. I guess is the right word. He's like his popped collar and everything. I don't know if he was wearing that collar before. 
but he brings her like a very nice dress from Paris and like her first she gets kind of upset because like she thinks she's pregnant she's not going to fit into it she's happy at first but then she gets like sad I guess because she's pregnant I don't know (laughs) but Matilda is being a super doting mother she's like I'll make it bigger so then you can fit in it even if you're pregnant um and she's like talking about how she's going to do her hair and like everything because like tomorrow is the grand opening at the club and like I guess he like had a hiatus and now he's oh they're, they're gonna announce Orhana's entrepreneur of the year and so it's gonna be crazy and it's gonna be a crazy show and he did he get his magnificent outfit in Paris I hadn't yeah. made that connection I think so yeah. his Elvis before Elvis outfit which we will see. <laughs> <laughs> so now Selim has a bunch of groupies it seems or are they the dancers it's the dancers. I yeah. think they're just like excited about seeing the stuff from Paris. Okay. So he's wearing his wonderful Paris thing slash Elvis costume. And he's saying they need to like alter the dresses and they're like, they're all going to look beautiful. And they do this like a secret rehearsal that Chelebi doesn't see. And they don't let Matilda like go through. I think, does she do all the sewing for everyone? Um. And so Chelebi's lurking around, even though last episode Orhan told him he can't go backstage because that's Matilda's domain. And he, but he's just saying like that dress, you, I mean, that outfit, he can't wear it. It's too showy. Right. Um, which will become a point of contention <laughs> later on in the episode as well. And he's saying like, you know, Orhan's not going to like it. This is going to be a huge event for him. So he needs to f- like figure it out. Um, and Chelebi's like, you should listen to me. I know him very well. And Matilda obviously does not listen to Chelebi because she never listens to Chelebi. <laughs> um, and then we see Orhan's mother. She's praying to the Virgin Mary and with a cross. And so Orhan's saying like, you know, we need to go now. Um, everything is ready for tomorrow because there's the award ceremony. Um, and he's like trying to re- remind her of the context, how she was proud of him and everything. Because we know that she's been um, in time losing more and more of her awareness over everything. And she's speaking in Greek and she's saying she doesn't want to take the medicine because um, she's going to get sick. But she's talking about his father, how his father is going to come get them. But they're at home. And she's saying, like, this is not her home. This is not my mother, Mary. My prayers aren't being answered because I'm praying to the wrong Mary. And he's making her drink whatever it is, which, which these are, I guess, the things that keep her asleep, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, I think it's just sedatives. She's beating him and he's obviously quite upset about everything because that is a horrible situation to be in, but more so with the context that we are seeing in Turkey at that moment. And so Peachy Ismet, they're talking, like he's just standing there reading the paper and all these people are talking about, you know, um, how Salim couldn't fit everything in the car that he brought from Paris. And he's like, oh, I hope it goes well for him. Um, And they're like speculating about whether he's gay, but that there's a woman and a young girl at his place. And they're saying that they're probably his maid. But he's like, oh, the girl is very pregnant. I don't think they're maids. Like, it's probably his wife or lover or something. And that calls Pichia Smith's attention. Because I guess there are no more pregnant. Or, well, he knows that Selim is friends with Matilda and mm-hmm. Rachel, I guess. 
So he gets in his cab. And then again, Selim, he's very excited, very gregarious, very extroverted. Um, and he's like more tan also. He's like, oh, I brought you a present from Paris. And he brought him the gramophone. So he tells him that he went to every bar in Paris, every club. And he says the Olympia doesn't have anything on them. So I think we're going to talk about the Olympia in our history section. I'm not yeah. sure. But he's saying, you know, they need to take risks. They need to be the, the best show in Istanbul and in Europe. And this is where Orhan tells him that he, he needs can't wear to the tone it down for the... Yeah dinner performance no Mm. and he just wants it to be like a thing for show basically like no big acts nothing weird no no weird outfit nothing Mm -hmm. and he really takes i don't know what's he he's really bothered by the use of the word normal um because he says you have to wear your normal clothes Mm -hmm. and so he's like normal like what are you talking about normal Oh, he plays the traditional music and he leaves. He's like, so this is what you want, basically. And he leaves. Um, And he gets really upset. He goes to um, Matilda and he's like, how could he say anything like that? Normal? Like, what does does normal even mean? And he's just just extremely, extremely, extremely upset. And he, Matilda says, you know, Chelebi got to him and um, how, and, and Orhan, I mean, not Orhan, Selim is very upset that now, why would Chelebi be in their way if they're, they've managed to do everything? He's talking about how, like, you, you know, my, her, his parents always told him to be a normal child. Like, since we, he was a kid, he was drawing all these outfits in his notebook when his mother beat his father. Uh, well, sorry, when his father beat his mother <laughs> for not ironing the clothes properly. And, you know, all of these, obviously, very sad and traumatic childhood experiences. And Matilda's, like, trying to calm him, calm him down. Like he's at a Chelebi asks about Selim and the guy at the reception says they're kind of upset, like him and Matilda are brooding and whatever. Um, and so Selim calls everyone after Chelebi leaves to do like a run through of the show with his outfit and everything. Cause he wants to, you know, kind of defy him. Well, defy Chelebi and he does his Elvis outfit and everything um and then Rasha is at home just like sitting in the table and eating and Peachy Ismet arrives uh, at the house I assume that he came because of what the other cab drivers were talking about and I don't know if he's surprised to see her it seems like he's a bit surprised and he's also kind of surprised about the pregnant belly because I don't did she end up telling him last episode that she was pregnant I can't no she didn't right yeah no so He's surprised that she's pregnant. He's surprised that she's not in Israel, um, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but she says she'll go back next week because she's just visiting her mother. Which, how could you go back next week? She's like seven months pregnant. And it's like a <laughs> two-month boat trip. No, we looked it up last time. It's not a two-month boat trip. But yes, she should not be trapped. She's definitely not trapped <laughs> in that era, that pregnant. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe things were different, but I mean, I feel like that's kind of risky. And basically he's saying like, stop lying and tell me everything. And so she tells him that she couldn't go with Mordo and that he, that she of course knew about the baby beforehand. Cause he's asking if she knew before, like when they talked previously 
and he's pretty upset obviously about it and he's like you didn't tell me that there was this baby and we know it's a huge issue for him when people lie um but i don't know if he's if this is considered lying um and and she asked him like if that would have changed the way he acted and so of course he again takes it personal that she lied and saying that's like a personal offense and that she's cruel and arrogant and all of these horrible things and like this was not the woman he met and she kind of tells him like stop coming to my house like there's no need I'm not arrogant you're selfish um I didn't make I I love this line like I didn't make this baby all by myself (laughs) she's very right um and then he says like Allah will strike you down which is a horrible thing to say and she gets a lot of like stomach pains and I don't know if he doesn't see, but he just leaves, which like you just leave a pregnant woman in pain and you leave demonstrates the quality of a human being that he is. (laughs) Yeah. So then of course he goes to our dear American Diane's house because we know he can't resist going to see her. And um, he walks in, she's like at the door. I'm not sure if this like quite means that he's accepted going with her wherever she's going. I don't think so, because afterwards, like, she leaves him a key after the next morning. Yeah, and then, so they leave the club, and they arrive home, and they're, and Matilda and Selim are extremely excited, and they're looking for Rachel, but Rachel is obviously quite sad, because that's a horrible thing that she got told, Um, and Matilda's like, are you okay? She's obviously, like, been crying, she's been in pain. She's like, I'm fine, whatever. She doesn't want to go to the performance the next day. She's like upset about everything. And Matilda says she'll take her to the doctor to make sure that everything's fine. But yeah, she's obviously extremely upset and is crying. And so then we have Orhan with his mother. He's like caring for her in the bed, um, like putting the covers over her. And she's like, I don't know if he gave him the medicine and she spit it out. Well, yeah, I think that's exactly what happened. Because she know, like she knows that the medicine is to like put her to sleep. Mm-hmm. So he leaves, and there, there's this caretaker. I think that she she needs like some sort of like certification that she worked for them. Yeah. So she just needs like a letter of recommendation. And Orhan had sent her away the first time, and she was like, "Well, I could just have your mom sign it." So she comes back. Oh. But then she hears like some disturbing People, noises yeah. coming from, from the, the house. house and goes to check it out. She's a good person. And yeah, we have, gets punished for it. Yeah. Our friend P.T. Ismet is waking up um, from a night of sex with Diana. And she leaves him the key. And so then we have Rachel super excited at the opening of the show. And Tasula is there. So it seems like they made up. Or I don't know if Tasula is just being nice, but she's like, oh, pregnancy looks good on you. Whatever. I missed you, which I don't know. Surprising. And then oh, this guy, I forgot his name. Belar Bat- Be- Batyar. Batyar. Sorry. Okay. It should be better. Sorry about that. So Bakhtiar is kind of, um, uh, what's the word? I'm forgetting all the words today, but he's like kind of in love with Tasula and he's giving her gifts and everything. And, He's criticizing Haji for his like shitty clothes. And I mean, I guess it's just showing that they have like tension amongst them. Mm-hmm. And then Chelebi's like recruitment, like telling Bakhtiar, like, why are you hanging out with this woman? Like, 
what's your deal? And he's like, oh, I'm in love with her. Like, I get very jealous. Like, I want to have her for myself. Um, yeah, and very Chelebi, creepy shit. Yeah. And Chelebi's like, eh, this is business. Like, stop getting emotionally entangled with people. What the hell is wrong with you? Um, but I guess that's kind of like foreshadowing. I don't know. And then Salim is excited. He arrives at work the next day. He goes to his um, locker, whatever, no, green room. And the costume's gone. And Matilda's like very distressed. And Salim like doesn't understand. But we like he knows immediately that, of course, Orhan has the costume in his office. And he's like, why can't I wear my costume? Like, this is what I want to wear. And I'm going to wear it. I don't care what you say. And he and Orhan's like, well, I thought you agreed, we agreed, you know, like we came to a decision and I don't think you should wear this outfit. And Salim, I mean, obviously they have this huge confrontation because like neither of them agree on what can be worn and Orhan gets pretty pissed off basically. And Salim quits. Yeah. And he's saying like he needs to get the award because he's going to get a huge opportunity once he gets the award. So And the Chelebi is going to manage the place once he gets all the awards. So like their dreams are ready and, you know, they need to get Selim back because that's the only way that they can make their dreams come true. So Chelebi is like leaving with the costume in hand. And I mean, scary. Who knows what Chelebi will do with the costume? I mean, probably burn it or who knows what. Oh, no, he gave it back. Um, okay, sorry, my bad. Um, and then this woman comes back to the house and as Sammy said this house is very fancy it has a pool and everything Um, just a random comment on my end she (laughs) walks up the stairs and she wants to get the letter as Sammy said she wants to get the letter signed and she hears these noises she walks in the house Um, she hears the mother like going I mean, like talking to herself and talking that she, like she's in distress, she needs help. Like, go get me my son. So she goes knocking on the door and she's like, oh, um, madam, like, are you okay? She opens the door and she's saying, Greek, like, go get my son, go get my son. And this woman's saying, like, I don't understand what language are you talking about? And then she accidentally throws her down the stairs. Yep. <laughs> Which... I mean, this is a classic TV show trope, again, throwing someone down the stairs. <laughs> um, and Orhan is, like, really out of it, I'm assuming, because Salim quit. And he, like, he's telling people he's just nervous about the award show, and everyone's like, nah, you'll be fine. Um, we're very pleased about your cooperation. Like, you're going to do great. Everything is ready. But we don't know whether Salim is going to come on stage, even though he was just announced. Let's see if Salim will appear. (laughs) He does. And he's wearing a suit and he's discreet, Um, but he's not into it. I wonder what they did to him to make him. Well, I guess we'll find out. We find out in this episode. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Sammy, are you sure you don't want to, you don't want (laughs) to fill in some details? (laughs) Well, I warned you (laughs) beforehand. Well, yeah, I I suggested a baton handoff. (laughs) Yeah. Do you want to go ahead, Sammy? (laughs) Sure. Um, Okay. So yeah. So Salim comes out, he's in a boring suit. There's no dancers. And 
Orhan wins the reward. There's some very melodramatic music that we will talk about. Um, and then we cut to Orhan coming home after the ceremony and finds a dead body. And um, we don't get any more from him than that, but clearly things are going downhill even more in his life. Then we visit Ismet at home with his mom, which is like, whoa, he treats, whoa. Ugh. Anyway, so we find out that he's, I think it's implied that he's engaged to some girl who has just graduated. And so she's of marriageable, she's available to be married now. Um, and he's like very mad about it, orders his mom to pack up for him and he's out of there. Then we go home with Selim and Matilda and Rochelle and uh, Selim and Matilda have a talk. He's very upset. And we find out that in order to get Selim to perform that night, Chelebi threatened Selim with Matilda's past. So he threatened him with telling everybody that she's a murderer, that she and her pregnant daughter both unwed or living in his house and isn't that weird and what if the press got a hold of it so he basically forced Selim to perform using Matilda using his love for Matilda and he's Selim is pissed about it and then uh, by the end of the rant Selim manages to reveal that Matilda had murdered the father of Rochelle and Rochelle overhears it and is super upset by it and then later that night, Matilda comes down uh, the stairs and realizes that Selim is super drunk and Rochelle is gone. And Rochelle has gone to see Ismet and knocks on his door. He opens the door. She's like, my mom killed my dad and starts sobbing <laughs> and then end of the episode. <laughs> so yikes. <laughs> So now we're going to move on into our gossip slash banter slash spilling the non-existent tea section. And uh, we learned a lot of things in this episode. I feel like this episode was like, um, like the ball is just starting to roll downhill and it's just going to get bigger and faster as we go in the next mm -hmm. couple episodes. So the first scene was the tax inspector and like what happened to Matilda's family. Um, did you guys have anything about that section? That was I just, just sad. Yeah, I, I think it's really well done with um, earlier, like I, having watched the show now, this is the second and a half time, I guess. I'm, or yeah, because I watched the first part twice and then now third time. So it's my third time watching most of the show. But anyway, in, in re-watching, they use the same actor for the inspector in like the prior, like the first part scenes where he's only like a silhouette. Um, oh. So they like maintained that thread like very early on that the inspector is gonna turn out to be like the guy at the club subsequently who's like pressuring Orhan. So this man has just like risen through the oh, ranks of government. Yeah. I didn't, you didn't realize that. Him? 
No, that's no. him. Yeah, that's like one of the biggest reveals in the episode too. Is oh, that he's back. I was wondering why there was that super dramatic music and then they yeah, did yeah, the yeah. human on the guy. And I was like, yeah, that's I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's him just like with more power and wealth from minorities than wow. he <laughs> that is a big reveal okay dramatic music makes sense now yeah clearly I was multitasking when you were saying that earlier sorry (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but yes that's yes he's back and he's uh evil and very powerful more powerful clearly um but I I thought I think that's one of the best he's a horrible character obviously but the consistency with which you know he's brief like sort of briefly introduces a silhouette and then like over the course of this episode brought back as kind of the big bad Hmm. um is good I also uh did a brief search on the French general that he was talking about because we were thinking Mm. about doing it for a history section and the story about the white horse is not true sadly yeah it sounds it sounds a lot like nationalist propaganda like this is the air cover um that the young turks as well used for like you know excuses for deporting minorities and stuff that mm-hmm. they were all against I, I guess the ottoman government slash the turkish majority and that they were all in cahoots with uh the european powers which is obviously like like obviously some people might be but some people might be might do anything so it's not like you can't, just can't like blanket uh blanket the whole group with that accusation but unfortunately uh, I, I hadn't heard that particular myth, um, but I was like, yeah, this is very consistent with kind of that late Ottoman, uh, early Republican, like uh, nationalistic rhetoric. Um, should we talk about the living situation with Matilda and Rochelle and, and Selim? It's a very nice mid-century modern house. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's definitely a step up from like the semi underground apartment that they were in before. Yes. Um, I do feel like they should have put some thought into their cover story when they decided to yeah. work together. Like this is a perfect opportunity for Selim to have a very convincing family life, and Matilda yeah. doesn't seem interested in dating. So like, just make it official. Like. Yeah. Selim marries Matilda or Selim marries Rochelle whatever like just figure something out to explain the living situation so that I mean he's a famous figure like I know we're not in the yeah. age of Twitter but like somebody's going to investigate this at some point I'm surprised they didn't already because like people have nothing to do in those days other than read the newspaper and listen to the radio so if it's true that Selim is the most famous musician slash artist in Turkey like mm-hmm surely someone would have already written up his like personal life or tried to um so it was yeah it was also surprising to me that uh Chedebi was able to like use that as like a novel threat because like isn't that all especially if you're closet isn't that like all you think about like in those days I don't I mean I don't know but like it seems like it wouldn't have been it shouldn't have been news <laughs> yeah agreed although there is something to be said about just like how taboo being gay I think it's like getting less and less in Turkey now obviously with again as Sammy said the age of Twitter and like people generally becoming more aware and and tolerant but um I even remember as a kid like when I would go to Turkey for you know extended like summer in the summer extended stays for example and I would see just like 
you know grown men on the street like walking with their arms linked or like even holding hands and that was like and I remember when I was old enough to like be aware of gay people <laughs> as a child but I was like old enough to be aware and I was like oh mom are they a couple she'd be like oh I mean they could be but I doubt it like because that's like so not okay here men will just like you know pl- pl- uh, platonically like embrace and stuff m- frequently and it has nothing you know it might not have anything to do with a romantic relationship you just don't know because it's so uh the people would not look like the average at that time person wouldn't look at that site and be like oh they're a couple they'd be like oh they're buddies like (laughs) just walking down the street or they're brothers or whatever so it's it's I I can also kind of see Satan being Satan not thinking about it because it's like so not talked about that you know he's like who would ever draw that conclusion um and maybe I don't know how like how much he's come to terms with himself honestly that's not really clear either um right we don't see him having a relationship ever so but like I don't think that living with an unwed woman and a pregnant teenager who's also unwed is like true that's like not gonna be okay no matter what situation in those days either that's true that's true yeah yeah outside from whatever his uh lifestyle might be yeah (laughs) yeah I I think honestly like though if he's a famous artist like it would also be sketchy for him to have a relationship. Like he would have to say like, oh, I just have a live-in dude who's the boyfriend of, you know, Rachel or something. Right. I don't know. I yeah. mean, it would be odd yeah. also. Yeah. That basically there should have been a whole lot more like script writing by they this group than this. there was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They should have really thought about yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> well, and they're also like performers. I don't know. Yeah. It was like, too caught up in his like work drama to fully <laughs> fully think through what happens at home I don't know I do feel like um in this episode I was kind of uh feeling a little anti Matilda sent- sentiment because she's like really enabling Selim and like yeah like I know that she has a right to be a little naive given that she like went to prison as a like not very fully formed adult and who knows what she's experienced but she should have figured out this house situation and told everybody like what their plan was um she also should not like I understand she was trying to like make Selim feel better but she should not have encouraged him to wear that outfit and do the full performance like she's smarter than that she knows like what happens to people who are different so that Mm -hmm. was um, like really not a good decision by her um but I, I think I think it's definitely naive. I think she just thinks it's not going to have any consequences. Mm. And it's Chelebi, like she hates, they hate Chelebi. So they're like, oh, what would he know? You know? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their hatred for Chelebi is like blinding them to the fact that he's right about this. Right. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But also like, I guess this is just like a question, but like, I feel like for a long time or there's like a sort of perception that performers you know have a license to be over the top and um yeah. both personality wise but like mm-hmm. they can be more feminine maybe they can wear makeup like that's not ever contested but now yeah. that he's wearing this like extremely flashy outfit that I don't think is over overtly feminine though 
it doesn't like it's not i don't know like elvis wearing rhinestones in the 50s yeah. and stuff is also like i guess arguably feminine but like not yeah. yeah i don't know but i think it was a problem right like people were like oh don't put elvis on tv he's too sexual oh yeah that's true because of his dancing and stuff <laughs> no it was not because of his outfitness i mean i don't know yeah maybe. i don't know yeah. but yeah but it just didn't seem like enough of an outfit to cause a big fuss like if you came out wearing like literally a dress like literally <laughs> something that in that t- in those times only a woman would wear mm-hmm. i would like understand it better but like i don't know the frilly collar and stuff i'm just like oh <laughs> harry styles is worn far more yeah <laughs> yeah far yeah. more eye-catching things <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that's the funny thing like this is supposed to be in the 50s so elvis was around i wonder if he wasn't yeah. like, a famous person yet i think I don't know. I'm not 100%. Well, no, because I think Jailhouse Rock and stuff, I think that was like the early 50s. So I think, yeah, he would already be pretty well known. But I mean, this is also, I guess, an alternative timeline. So I don't know. In some respects, alternative, let's say, where it's convenient. (laughs) Like having no other famous singers except (laughs) Satan. True. Okay, should we talk about Ismet and uh, the spy lady? I'm very confused about what this woman's deal is. Like she has to be CIA or something, right? <laughs> yeah, she's something. I mean, yeah, something. But I actually kind of liked the way she dealt with this in this episode where she was just like, listen, like, I think we would have fun. If you want, come with me. If you don't want, that's fine. I, I mean, I feel like she's a very chill woman who like does her own thing and whatever i mean she doesn't think much of you know what others think or whatever she's just living her life Mm -hmm. and i would think that ismet would be much more eager to get the hell out of his situation like he already said he wanted to like go on a boat and never come back so i don't know Mm -hmm. why he isn't leaping at this opportunity to travel with her um also i finally did uh, some research on the actress. <laughs> oh. And there's not a lot of information about her. This is one of her very first roles. Actually, it is her first role, but she is Ukrainian. Oh. Um, oh. She appeared in Playboy. So I she's probably living in LA, but she was definitely born in Ukraine. So hence the that, uh, oddness. That explains the, the like the forced accent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Interesting. So mystery semi-solved. <laughs> Diane, we're still sketched out by you. Yes. <laughs> but congrats on your first acting role. Good for you. Yes. Yes. You're definitely on Fatma's watch list though, because you're sketched. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why she was concerned about the protest, because she had like all her CIA info about what yeah. was happening. Yeah, exactly telling you after you watch the americans there's no going back to thinking that like any <laughs> state department employee is just like normal <laughs> i mean that's very true yeah. i really like that show actually yeah it's yeah. a great show good show very good show um okay batiar tasula first you mentioned this in your recap sophia but it was so bizarre when tasula and rochelle were like best friends again <laughs> 
I was like, where did this come from? Well, I mean, they had their like bonding over like the trauma of going to that back alley abortion clinic in the last episode. And then, you know. Oh, okay. well, yeah, because they obviously they went to that together. They were already like on speaking terms and more time has passed. So it, yeah. I don't think it's that crazy. She went back to being her big sister. Yeah. Hasula deserves better friends. Yeah. And Batyar is extremely creepy, exhibiting possessive and stalker-like tendencies. He's also, I don't know if this is the first time that we saw that he's like working with Ali Shaker. This is, yeah. And then in the time that's passed, he's, because like Matilda fired him in the last episode and then oh, eight months passed. So right, right, now right. he's now he's employed by Ali Shaker, like bringing, again, similar to him, like naive people from Anatolia, I guess, who've moved to, migrated to Istanbul, finally mm. exploiting them. <laughs> he's learning, he's learning the tricks of the trade from the worst. <laughs> and our, our little hero, Haji, uh, refuses to take the money from him, yes. which I loved. Yes. But they are siblings, right? Yeah. I had definitely forgotten that. Like, well, I, re- I remember last episode because you told me, but. Yeah, I, I, I really think there's like something that happened. I, for, I don't know if it's in like the last episode. I just remember being like utterly shocked that they were actually siblings mm. um, because I thought that it was just like Abby in the sense of like, you're older than me and we're from the same village. Not like, oh, right. you are literally my blood. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like they're on a collision course right now because they have... Mm very different morals and they're on a very different path so um let's see the reveal that i completely missed about the inspector guy being the (laughs) (laughs) guy that that was something (laughs) okay we got we got the dead body in orhan's house now Mm. well soon to be underground in the process of being underground by the end of the episode (laughs) because he (laughs) because he drives it to a grave that he's digging hastily but yes very bad (laughs) yeah things are only gonna go downhill for him yeah it's like the slipperiest slope by far of the entire show is that one (laughs) I mean if I were him I would like sell the business and go like open a brand or be like a very low-key like domestic worker somewhere else and not have to deal with this subterfuge because it's definitely not going to end well yeah i mean he's on he's on the creepy uh government worker slash former tax inspectors radar now so it's it's already it might be too late (laughs) once you're on that guy's radar oh do you think that guy is suspicious um i don't know i mean I don't know if he's like suspicious at this point, but like he's just he's a total opportunist. Like even if like I think he were convinced that Orhan was fully Turkish, which I'm not sure that he is at this moment, but like mm-hmm. let's say he was, I think he would still like blackmail him in, in some way. Like I think he just wants to he just wants to extort people. Like that's just like what he is so he's got so many connections and, and so much power if someone's like a minority that's obviously an easier way for him to extort them but I think honestly he's such a he's such a sleazeball that I bet he would do it to anyone yeah if given the opportunity he's clearly like gotten found you know wandered over to 
uh, Kuduk Istanbul because of how successful it is. And he was like, oh, what's going on here? What can I, can I pick off? What can I fuck up here? <laughs> yeah. Sophia, uh, what do you think about Ismet and Rachel's future post her going to him for comfort? I mean, honestly, I think they're just going to be in a toxic relationship forever because that's how they've been. Honestly, I think they're just a very toxic couple and they're going to keep coming back to each other, but we know that they're not meant to be together. And I don't think he really cares about her really because he's just like, she's pregnant and he leaves her in pain while pregnant, which I thought she was giving birth, but apparently not. I was worried about that too. (laughs) And she's a 17 year old, you know, I don't know how old he is, but he's like 30 and he left her pregnant and doesn't give a crap like he's he's like obviously he's upset because um you know she didn't tell him but his whole thing about like I just care about the truth is such a lie like it's kind of like an excuse to have the moral high ground where he doesn't have any moral high ground like took advantage of someone who's really young and he's like having a ton of girlfriends but he's like pleading that she's the only woman in his life and Mm -hmm. you know I just think he's toxic and Rashad is obviously like too young and kind of immature to mm-hmm. just be like, get the hell out of my life and never talk to me again. Yep. Yeah. He should not be her first uh, go-to person when she's upset and running away from the house, but he still is. And it's so infuriating. Like she could have gone to Tasula, as we know. I know they're best friends now. Mm-hmm. Like, Okay, so now we're going to move on into the history section where, as Sophia mentioned earlier, we're talking about the Olympia Theater in Paris, which um, Selim mentioned as not comparing to his performances whatsoever. Um, (laughs) So the Olympia, Olympia Hall, excuse me, is a concert venue in the ninth arrondissement of Paris. And it has been open since 1893, so long history. Um, And it's had a bunch of different lives, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, It's still currently operating, um, so that's really cool. It got completely renovated in the 90s and is now one of like the best uh, venues in Paris for like acoustics and everything like that, so... Pretty cool. Um, Okay, so it was founded in 1893. It's got 2000 seats and it featured like literally every kind of performance you can imagine. Uh, This list says acrobats, cross-dressers and a can-can dance performance. So (laughs) they really had a lot going on. Uh, They only let the most elite people come. So like Uh, They only let people who were accounts and higher in the royalty come to performances. It had ballets. It had um, a striptease pantomime. I don't know what was going on in the 1890s, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Across genres. (laughs) Um, So then the guy who founded it got bored in 1896 handed it over to some guy who was the conductor who was terrible at business. And in um, 1898, 
some magicians took over as the managers. Oh, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> not the magicians. Um, they took the venue more towards like the circus kind of performance uh -huh. and uh, circus themed parties, acrobatic performances, wild animals. Oh, a party? Uh, the French author Colette mimed entirely naked is a cited reference here. No idea. <laughs> Um, so then they started getting into ballets and operettas. In 1905, they got another new manager, more ballet. Uh, 1908, another new manager. Um, music, I think we're, oh no, still ballet. Uh, <laughs> 1911, new director, dance performances, music hall, bunch of singers at this point. Um, in World War One, it closed for a short period of time, and then it reopened. It and then in nineteen by nineteen twenty nine, it turned into a movie theater. So it was a movie theater. Uh, then when the Nazis came, they maintained it as a movie theater, but it obviously showed like Nazi propaganda and German films, that kind of thing. Uh, then the Americans owned it for two years uh, once the American troops had gotten to Paris. So I guess mm. they also used it as movie theater. Unclear. In 1946, the previous owner who had been Jewish and fled before the Nazis got there, got it back into his possession, got uh, via restitution and reopened it as a movie theater. Do, 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 do. Then in 1954, it was revived as a music hall. <laughs> it's got a very long history, guys. Wow. Um, and let's see, Edith Piaf performed there a bunch of times. In Yeah, so in 1995, it was demolished and then reopened by 1997. Um, so it was like demolished, but they kept a lot of the stuff and they rebuilt it um, true to how it was, but with a lot of modern enhancements. Um, including the original facade. And it's been operational ever since. So if you're in Paris, go see it, I guess. <laughs> go to something there. But not Selim because he thinks he's better than it. Right. <laughs> wow. I'm uh I'm dead at the striptease mime pantomime still. Like what? <laughs> what is a striptease pantomime? Like you mime taking your clothes off, but you don't actually take your clothes off? Maybe you're a mime and you strip. Yeah, I'm guessing you like <laughs> silently remove your clothes. And how exactly. exciting! How exi exciting is that to watch? I'm not sure. <laughs> I just imagine someone like utterly expressionless, just like taking off their clothes, like no rhythm, nothing. They're just like. <laughs> yeah, there was a there's a lot of weird performances that people were into back in the day. So. I like the. I also like the swinging. You know, uh, pendulum one side being like striptease the pantomime and then ballet yeah and then circus parties with wild animals yeah. and ballet <laughs> <laughs> you really wanted your season ticket there because they yes that. <laughs> uh yeah good good research sammy cool. very uh interesting stuff thanks to wikipedia <laughs> yeah
Okay, so now we're going to move on into our favorite and final section, which is what the fuck, Saltzman's success, and Fatma's hit list. So, what the fucks? You guys got any? I think definitely Rachel going back to Ismet for sure. Mm-hmm. Huge one. Bakhtiar being a creep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Matilda enabling to the degree yeah. she did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you don't, she doesn't need to be that much of an angel, guys. Come on, let her, let her like give real advice. Yeah, he <laughs> clearly he needs somebody realistic speaking yeah. truth to him. Yeah. So. Well, and also, why do they leave the um, the cuckoo clock open? Like it, he, it was so easy for him to open it. Like, I guess Chelebi gave him the information, or somebody gave, or not Chelebi Mumtaz, but like yeah. still. Oh, I was talking about like Matilda enabling, like. No, oh, I know. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Oh, but so I you're saying that, that independent. Okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> that I thought that that clock was yeah. really obvious. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good, it was a fine hiding place, I think, but they should have like glued it shut or something at least. Like, mm-hmm. what are they doing? Mm-hmm. Hey. Yeah, okay. I have what the fuck, the costume fight. Like, I get that we needed to increase the tension somehow, but like, meh, I don't really care. What the fuck to the device of Orhan waiting tensely while the musicians play and seeing if Salim is going to walk on to the stage because I feel like they've done that six times already mm-hmm. um and like yes Salim is very flaky but like maybe let's find a new uh plot device to make the performances exciting mm-hmm. um and then finally uh Matilda should have told everybody about the murdering thing way sooner Right. It's like, I mean, it's obviously it's awful, but like you can't change that it happens. So just like share it. <laughs> yeah. If she like, had told everybody, it would not be a big deal at this point. Yeah. Rochelle would not have to go to Ismet. They would not have to be together again. We could have solved all of this. Must must save plot device for later in season, Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Okay, Sultan of Success. I mean, the inspector guy. Oof, yeah. He's like the only person that something bad didn't happen to in this episode. It's true. We don't know his name, right? Uh, is, it, is it Adnan or am I make, I don't know. I don't remember what his name is. Hold on. I don't know. I'd be down to put him for the Fatma's hit list as well. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Damn, what? I'm going to find. I will find his... <laughs> because I'm, I'm i'm pretty sure in this series in this episode um he, they say it i just don't remember they must have at some point sophia how do you feel about the inspector for both positions um i guess he could be both but i don't know i feel like sultan of success i guess it's all it could be a smith because he's succeeding at being a womanizer and an asshole and people still care about him. <laughs> he's keeping um, his options open for sure. And then um, for Fatma's hit list, I think Fatma's hit list executed itself because like this woman came looking for, I don't know, trouble, I guess. I, don't, I mean, I don't know how to call it trouble, but she was just like going in the house and at different times and Mm. and ended up in her death that's a good point Mm. (laughs) a housekeeper who ended up dead is like (laughs) very Fatima-esque yeah 
Although she Especially in that way, like getting pushed, like every time she killed someone, it half oh, looked like an accident. She yeah. loves pushing people off of things. <laughs> yeah. Did I couldn't find it? him. Okay. No, I <laughs> Failure. <laughs> it's all right. I feel like it was maybe Adnan, but I'm not sure. Anyway, we'll find out <laughs> in the next episode. Um, congratulations to our Sultan of Success, the inspector. You're an ass. We hope to see your downfall in the show, although this doesn't seem like the kind of show that ends happily. So <laughs> we'll see. Um, watch out also to the inspector. We're coming after you. Fatima's coming after you. And special shout out to re- the reverse Fatma, which was a housekeeper getting killed in her home by falling down stuff. I but- found his name. It's Kurshat. <laughs> With a K? K, yeah, Kurshat. Kurshat, okay. Yeah. Uh, watch out, Kurshat. She's <laughs> fucking coming for you. Um, thank you all so much for listening. And next time we'll be talking about episode eight.